Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two, hey, Venting and Vino podcast. Um, this time we're actually missing <laughs> Nicole. I mean, we've missed Nicole a bunch. We of have, times. but this one's different <laughs> circumstances. So hopefully she'll she'll be able to. She's to having a Tiani situation. <laughs> where she's Works working. situation. Yes. Yeah. But welcome to Venting and Vino podcast, a podcast where uh, we vent about things um, that are on our minds and what's going on in pop culture and current news. We totally forgot to bring Vino for our guest. Oh God! Yes, we you normally, know I'm not thinking about that. I know we, we've been running around <laughs> crazy. But I am Georgette Pierre, one third of Venting and Vino. I'm Tiani Warren, and we have a good buddy of mine, Thomas Knox from Date Why You Wait. But I'm gonna let you do the rest, Thomas. What's going on, everybody? How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Well, give us a little bit of backdrop on who you are and all that genius. Uh, yeah, so you you said it. I'm Thomas Knox. Date while you wait is this you know cool, fun platform I created to connect with people while they commute. Uh, so for the past two years, I've been sitting in subways around the world, playing board games with people. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. I actually cool. met. I saw him in a subway. It was at Bryant Park last year, sometime. So I saw him and it was like legit. We were talking about his, how I thought his, his flower was fake. Rinky dink flowers sitting on the table. We don't he was do fake. fake. Do I know. So fake. he had to correct me real quick, but no, that's dope. And, and can't wait to see more amazing things that you're doing, um, Thomas. So we're going to get into our first segment um, called air it out where we let some things off our chest. And Thomas, we usually like to let our guests kick this off when we have a guest. Do you have anything that you want to get off your chest? It could be, I mean, anything, it's, whether it's annoying, it's something good. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, it's kind of up to you. I, I actually do. Uh, so over the last, like, week or so, I've been watching a lot of Trevor Noah. Um, Trevor Noah, like, uh, like, interviews and things like that. And I, I realized that Trevor Noah should probably be our next president. Like, he, he's dope as hell. And <laughs> I think a lot of what he says makes a lot of sense um we have to change some some laws because yeah. he's not is yeah. he, he's not a true citizen i don't right? think he's a true citizen but yeah. I'm, I'm putting it out there trevor noah uh, mm. some of his insight on trump on even even like on uh discrimination like it's just he does some really 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 like dope things and he shares some really dope insight and i appreciate him for that so i watch one thing and then i end up watching five things and i and i end up watching a bunch of things so uh yeah huge shout out to my boy trevor noah if you're listening day why you wait support you <laughs> i love that um i also i i mean at least for me i i don't know how i feel about trevor noah that so that one kind of threw me for a loop. i like trevor noah he's yeah really i can't say i dislike him. i went I to go like, see i went to the daily show to see him and he's really he talks to the audience like in between he has like really smart insights that he shares with the audience to make them think and he's yeah, yeah. he's really smart okay Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, my air it out is actually a good one. It, um, we ran into, I ran into two listeners that I've never met before. And I was at the DJ theater with my homie, and I went to go see Girls Trip, the first round of it, because I had to go see Lorenz Tate's fine ass the second time. I got to see it a second time, his, too. His, what? He did not. He aged better, if, like, oh not at gosh, all. He did. I <laughs> yeah. was Lorenz. Like, he and looks he, better. He yeah. So I was sitting with, with my, my friend, <laughs> and, you know, I can't escape my voice, and... Um, you know, I always try to make sure I'm not staring at people like a, in a strange way or looking mm-hmm. mean. And at the end, they were like, tapped me. They were like, are you Georgette? I was like, yeah. 
They're like, oh, we listen to Benson Gambino Pop. What? Like, oh my gosh. We have some fans. They listen, but they know, they know Nicole. So shout out to uh, Jonathan and Lydia. Uh, they, and they were like, they were like, that looks like Georgia. Because you know, our faces are yeah. you know, the actual like logo of our um our brand, which I think is great. That was a great picture Matthew took of us. Shout out to Matthew. Mm-hmm. And um they were like, That looks like Georgette. They were like, That looks like Georgette, and it sounds like Georgette. <laughs> so that's hilarious. I was like, that's so dope. Thank you so much. So I had to give them a shout out, but they listen. They 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 listen to Venting and Vino Podcast, so shout out to them. <laughs> That was exciting. That's a nice, yeah, that's a nice story. <laughs> like, oh my God, I just got recognized. I don't think that you're out in New York and yeah. someone says they listen to your podcast. Like, we're not, you yeah. know, the or the brilliant idiots. You know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. Because cool. somebody tells them, they're like, oh yeah, of course you do. Right. <laughs> so now we got to really turn that shit up. It shows the work that you're putting in. No, it does. I appreciate it. I said, no. I'm like, yes, it does. No, it doesn't. People do you it all, you do it all the time. Nothing. You're good. <laughs> what about that's you, Tiadi? Oh, well, I finally got to see Girls Trip. And it oh, was, did you? Yeah, I did. Um, it was really funny. The only thing I wish I had done was not see it. I, I don't know how the fuck I messed this up, but I saw it in a quiet theater, and I hate that shit. I hate seeing comedy movies in a quiet theater. What do you mean in a yeah, quiet theater? I like, to, I, like, I like to hear people reaction. I like to hear people laughing. You like feed off the crowd when you hear other people laughing. Right. You could have I mean, the person next to you and be like, yo, laugh. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the kind of person that like even... Like something has to be like really, really funny to make me laugh out loud or like start crying uncontrollably or something from laughter. But like if I hear somebody else laugh, that might make me laugh more. But if I'm by myself, I might like like think it's funny but laugh on the inside, you know? Like so I, I feed off the crowd when people like you hear people laugh at things I may laugh more because it's like I'm a very like influenced by my surroundings in a movie theater. So sense. yeah, That's so interesting. I can't stand I don't the, like a the quiet theater for comedies, but other than that, like the the movie by itself like was just hilarious. Yeah. Like Tiffany I, was great, of course. I thought all of them did a good job in each of their roles. I kept. A, the, I mean, I'm not going to say like I, Tiffany Haddish's character was a little over the top for me. She I, was over the top. It was a little over the top for me. There but, were parts where I was like, all right, that's a little too much. Yeah, um, but I had to say like, <laughs> if I had to pick like real quick, I had to say that because I want to know what your options would be. I was. I felt like I was a mashup of of Sasha personality, which is Queen Latifah's character, and Lisa Jada Pinkett Smith. I think a mix of Ryan and um, Jada Pinkett. Ryan and Ryan's the main character. That's Regina yeah. Hall, and y'all, the guys are like. Because I feel, like, I feel like Ryan. Have you seen it yet, Thomas? I have not seen this Get, movie. Take a female friend. That it, the, I went to. So the DGA theater was quiet and mm-hmm. slightly empty. The regular AMC theater was loud as shit and packed out. Yeah, I gotta go with the. A, like it was a, a mix. It was colorful. It was white people in there, black people in there where I went, and I went yeah. to Lincoln Center AMC. It was a good movie. Really good. I will be seeing it. it. Uh, I don't know what female friend I'll take, but I'm glad you threw that out there. So. Few my friends out there that are listening. Yeah, you got, I feel like you have plenty of them. Hit like, a brother, come on, man. Hit a brother. Hit a brother. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our air it out yeah. onto pop culture things. Nick, that's for you. Um, so onto pop culture things. This is our little meteor segment where we go into topics and 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 sometimes it's fuckery that's happening in pop culture. And so I don't even want to spend too much time on this guy, but he we do need to mention um you want to kick the story off, T, about Trump? Yeah, oh I could talk about this. Man. And and speaking of Trump, I don't even want to call him by his name. Forty five. Trump. Forty five. His uh, communication Chief director that he hired oh. what, like ten days ago. Wait, which one is this? Scaramucci. Oh, the mo- Mooch. Do they call him Mooch or mooch, something like maybe. that? Maybe. Yeah. yeah they, he just <laughs> the fired, oh man. Well, he didn't fire him. The the guy that he was supposed to report to fired him. What wasn't he like talking badly about? 
Trump or something? The, the Trump administration? The and, yeah, the administration. Okay. Yeah, so. You mean talking about the truth? Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. But to them, it was just like, you know, it he's not bad. loyal. He's talking shit about them. Right. So. Facts. We but yeah. Out of here. Yeah. So um, in this story, Trump, um, he addresses um, the New York Police Department officers in Suffolk County, Long Island. And in this address, he's mainly talking, he's talking about a gang called MS-13. And when he's talking about the MS-13. Like B-613. Like, MS-13, I'm sure. Uh, we heard about them before we heard about B-613. Right, and, 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 and the ABC <laughs> show Scandal is what I'm talking yeah, about. I, yeah, I first heard about MS-13. That um, Remember that show Gangland? Oh, I've never yeah. watched it. Well, okay. yeah, they had That's like a special episode on them. And okay. they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty bad. Um, uh, Trump um, is like really focused on this gang now. So he's been like doing like a lot of speeches about how we need to clean up the streets and get rid of MS-13, which I think is, uh, if you can correct me, Filipino gang? Filipino? because oh, I'm looking at the name of it. I didn't realize it was. I think I it's Filipino. Yeah. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I think it's from the Philippines. Um, so he basically advocated for police brutality. He was telling cops um, that they could violently throw thugs into the back of their paddy wagons. Um, he, but he also encouraged paddy officers wagons. to hit a suspect's head on the door, doorway of a police cruiser. He said, please don't be nice. Thug, uh, when placing thugs into the back of a paddy wagon. So I don't like, please don't be too nice. Like, what, what does that mean? Well, he says, like, when you guys put somebody in the car and you're protecting their head, you know, the way you put their hand over, like, don't hit their head and they just killed somebody, don't hit their head. You can take the hand away, okay? So basically saying, like, don't protect their head from hitting the car. Like, let it hit the car or slam their head into the car if you need to. I mean, they just killed somebody. Um... But the thing is, this can also be, like, something he's saying towards, like, a suspect. Yeah. Somebody that may not be responsible for the crimes. Like, he's encouraging police to use brute force, which is something we definitely don't need. Because, you know, he's talking about minorities right now, mostly, he, like, in this speech. People of color, black and brown yeah, people, people. Yeah, people of color. Um, and um, Trump also said that his administration would support... Uh, the police like no one has in the past, which is basically like let them do whatever the hell they want to do. He's um, his attorney general Jeff Sessions has already ordered a review of consent decree decrees decrees. That's how you say that word, um, which is a policy of federal oversight over local police departments that was championed by Obama. So basically, just like you know, making sure that police departments are doing what they're supposed to do. He's looking over these decrees that Obama championed to be like, oh, they're too strict or, you know, like try to get rid of it. Because, you know, he's always trying to get rid of everything right. that Obama's ever done right. in his entire life. With no backup. <laughs> he get, like, yeah, if he could take away the history man. of his presidency, he would do that too. Um, but anyway, a lot of, um, like I said, MS-13 was his um, inspiration into focusing on like how police are handling criminals after like because the ms-13 have been pretty running rampant in long island like um they found two girls were found beaten to death and in april uh there were badly beaten bodies of four men that were found in a wooded area so ms-13 has been going ham lately but like i don't know why he's like honed himself onto this probably because you know He's trying to make the argument that immigrants are the reason why the country's a mess. I would think so as well, yeah. So that's why he's, like, focused. Like, yes, a gang that I can use as an example of people that need to stay in their country or they can't come over here. But I think they said, like, 1% of the Filipino immigrants makes up MS-13. So, like, that's not even a good... 
<laughs> that's not even a good um example of like immig- immigrants in crime so like of course but he would never check the facts um like he literally just woke up and was like i have to choose a game to target and then ms-13 kept so showing up in the news but, uh, yeah what would make the what would make the american people even more pissed off Yep, but a lot of police organizations, because they know better across the country, yeah, are like rebuking it. it. Yeah, yeah, they're I rebuking like it because they because they know they can't be like, yeah, Donald, like, the, and probably I'm sure some people in the police organizations actually believe this is wrong. But you always got to think that like they're just trying to save their asses too. Like they know what they have to say uh, versus did, what they should say. You know, did I, you say I this on like national television? Uh, what, Donald Trump? Yeah. Yeah, well, it was in front of, like, a crowd of police officers in Long Island who a lot of them cheered when he said that. Like, hit them, you know, in the paddy wagon. Like, don't it's protect so, their heads. But that's the... Uh, yeah, so, I, like, I'm you know there are cops that are, like, so totally, like, our president him. basically told us to rough yeah, them up. Per- we got permission now. Let's exactly. Of course, the heads of these organizations are going to be like, we, do, we don't condone that, blah, blah, blah. But you're talking about the people who are in the like fields who are going to be like well our president said we could do it so now we really can do it and that's what's scary and i know like all these organizations are trying to immediately say this is irresponsible and professional like the new york police department commissioner james p o'neill released a statement basically rebuking what the president said but and then they had lunch with the rest of the team it was like what i said earlier Oh, you guys it's just for that. it's just to save face but you know you know what we do yeah <laughs> so I, I mean like how do you guys like think about that i mean our president always has a not my president oh my god Oof. um <laughs> that president you used to saying it because it, you're like, uh, yeah you're accustomed you're to saying our president. our president yeah i know but now it's like i feel like i don't have one but it's just like in my ingrained in my mind to say our president um but like he said so much shit that like you it's almost not even a surprise anymore he's like of course he told police officers to, to just like rough up suspects even though he knows that people are being killed every day because they just suspect people and they're like oh let me just hurt this black guy let me hurt this minority i don't care so i mean ask if, if it was live because i feel like whenever he has an opportunity to, to be live to the world mm-hmm. he always has that one thing mm-hmm. that will be on for the next week week and a half and then mm-hmm. he'll do it again and they, like there's always that one thing he'll say or one thing he'll so do he knows that it's we're gonna like, run in the news like cool and and we talk about his tweets like it, it's just it's mind-blowing to me how much exposure this guy's like he gets I know. and he was getting this before he even became you know uh leader of the crew i just think it's irresponsible and his trolls are not they're no better like there's a level of ignorance that you're not even going to be able to get beyond um, but yeah, I, I just think it's utterly ridiculous. And, and although these cops are, are giving us lip service, I hope their lip service is actually backed up by something. So that those are it's, mine. I think it just hurts me that no matter what this man says, it's going to be like, whatever, you know, like he's never like, I just remember when Mitt Romney was running for president and how him saying that he didn't care about the minority vote ended his campaign. Like he was done, but President Trump, before he was president, said so much shit, so many bad things. Said he was gonna he grabbed women by the pussy, all this, and he and he won. So it's just like it's almost like he's invincible. So at this point, whenever I hear a new thing that he's done, I'm just like, so yeah, like sometimes it's not even worth talking about anymore. Yeah, it's right. just like so it's he's like, still gonna be in office. Whatever, it doesn't yeah, really matter. Like, it's like fuck him. He's back to his old self again. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh, uh, 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 it's another day in Trump land. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> 
anywho, moving forward, yeah. so this, the way this country is fucked up anyways is, um, so there's a new show on HBO or a new show coming to HBO by the showrunners of Game of Thrones called Confederate. And um, April Rain, she was the um, woman that was behind um, hashtag movement or hashtag campaign um, Oscar So White. She came in and did no Confederate um, Twitter campaign to get people to boycott um, just the idea of a show about slavery um, coming to HBO. And so, um, so just to kind of give a backdrop on what this, it's a just kind of the backdrop on the show at Confederate, because I don't know much about the show itself, but it says that, um, this is from uh, The Hollywood Reporter. Confederate chronicles the events leading to the Third American Civil War and takes place in an alternate timeline where the southern states have successfully seceded from the Union, given rise to a nation in which slavery remains legal and has evolved into a modern institution. Um, the story follows a broad swath of characters on both sides of the Mason-Dixon de demilitarized zone, freedom fighters, slave hunters, politicians, abolitionists, journalists, the executives of a slaveholding conglomerate, and the families of people in their thrall. Um, I guess the biggest issue with this was, um, where is it? I want to get her comments in. Um, so some of the comments that were coming in during the the tweets from Sunday, because the, the the goal was to hashtag it during Great Game of Thrones, because these are the, the creators are the showrunners. Mm -hmm. so, uh, some of the creators are showrunners from um, Game of Thrones, and then I think the writers are actually like a black couple. Um, well, yeah, they're the EPs of the show, right? Yeah, their names uh, are... Spelt Nichelle and Malcolm. Yeah, so the, yeah, the writers, Nichelle, Dan, David, and Malcolm will approach the subject with care and sensitivity, but I'm trying to figure out who was the actual couple. Oh, the white. Okay, so the husband wife writing duels, Malcolm Spellman and Nichelle Trent. Oh, the writers. I thought they were the CPs. Writers. Yeah, no, the okay. writers. Um, but some of the hashtags, uh, I mean, some of the tweets were HBO chairman described Game of Thrones script leak as disruptive, upsetting, and disturbing for all of us. Hashtag us, question mark. This is why. Hashtag no Confederate. Dear HBO, this is progress. Confederate is not. <laughs> Hashtag no, no Confederate. Um, because we do not need more media showcasing black suffering for a white audience, for white audience entertainment. So those are just some of the, the, the conversations or the, the, the tweets that were being sent out um, over the weekend. Um, you know, I think uh, even the, the interviews that the showrunners did prior to on other um, platforms, um, they basically said that um, they, uh, for, for people to reserve, I think HBO said this too, but just people should reserve judgment before they even see anything like nothing has been produced or or done yet and and hbo responded and said like this would be done with care and sensitivity and these mm -hmm. people know and um you know the the showrunners think this is a story that needs to be told and it's worth the risk of telling it so um i don't know it's a, it's a very touchy thing because i feel like nobody wants to know what life would be like if slavery wasn't abolished um and also we don't liked it because it's being billed as a show that's uh created by the showrunners that are both white white yep so i don't think they even if they think they'll have the capability to be sensitive on the topic i don't think they will like they just naturally won't I mean, have they're it not writers i mean the writers are a, a black couple but i've just i guess that doesn't necessarily i think comfort people it's just the fact of like what's already happening with 45 being our president and just to kind of see this as something that's going to be i guess like as the tweet said for white audiences for, like entertainment for them yeah what, i was gonna say what's very i'm sorry to cut you off no it's okay yeah um, what what's very interesting is i was thinking to myself 
when I was when I first was reading it, it was like, what did that meeting look like when they were all in, in the right. boardroom? Like, hey, we're gonna come out with this, and and in the article it actually like says, uh, like there was a question like, did you anticipate the reaction that you were getting? And like, yeah, actually, we did anticipate it. Um, we knew that there was gonna, we knew we were dealing with the weapon grade material. Which is yes, crazy. yes, yeah, as I read crazy. that. <laughs> That's crazy. So, like they knew. So they were like, you know, Trump's president, he gets away with stuff. Uh, you know, there are so many other things going on. Why the hell not? Let's just let's just, no, let's just give there. it a shot. And let's we already have this like ridiculously popular show, so they're yeah. gonna let us do what we want anyway. People watch it, like, hey, why not? <laughs> you know, and probably it. because people are so upset about it, it's gonna be watched for that reason, just to see what it's like. Um, it is set in like Civil War era, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're saying, um, I think from just the, the myriad of articles and stories out there, they're, they're saying that this is not, like people shouldn't imagine this to be whips and chains type of slavery, you know? And so I mean, um, that doesn't make anyone feel yeah. better, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it says it. Okay, the series takes place in an alternate timeline where the southern states have successfully seceded from the Union, giving rise to a nation in which slavery remains legal and has evolved into a modern institution. So is this like a modern show? Like, is it like how if slavery existed, this is how life would be right now? No, I mean, I think they're just trying to explore what I, I, I couldn't. You know what? I don't know. I can make that shit up in my head. I don't know. Um, I think I almost think they're trying to show what slavery would be like if it still was successfully around today because these states were able to secede, which is more problematic. <laughs> I'm very confused. Yeah, like I'm thinking it's like almost like right now in 2017, if slavery was still legal, what would life like be right now? Yeah. And I feel like that is dangerous. Like, why would you ever think this is a good idea? I don't know. I when it comes to something I'm like curious to see what it's going to be like but I don't think it's going to be it's not going to be good. Yeah, when it comes so. to, like when it comes to anything that has to do with history when you have four or five people that are telling the story of history it's like it's not something that's possible. So they they're they're either going to have to connect, like do some extensive research and connect mm-hmm. with with the right historians and things like that. But even with that type of stuff like we this is not something that we we want to see. As yeah, a, we don't want to see. We don't want to see. We're still feeling the effects of slavery like, right now. Yeah, like, I, I mean, and I and I think it's very interesting. Like, how they feel like it's going to be approached with sensitivity. But but who's the person running it? I think it's Casey Blois of HBO. He's the I guess head of mm-hmm. programming. Or he's overseeing. the one who defended. But I don't film. I don't know what if he's black white. Yeah. You know, but I just think it's it's just very interesting why it has to be touched to begin with. Especially, the, and I think the, the the caveat was not the caveat, but the the contradiction was, especially coming from showrunners that have issues with you can criticizing them about the sexual assault that happens on their show, and they're not really being a high representation on, of Game of Thrones. I had to stop watching Game of Thrones because I couldn't take the sexual, I couldn't take the rape. It's anymore. a lot of rape. It was yeah. I could not take it. It I, was. I've a never lot. watched. I watched uh, one episode. Was, I'm stuck. At, I'm stuck at season four. When there was an incest rape, there was, seven, I was like, this is seven or eight crazy. now. Season seven. There, there, there was an incest rape, or was it yeah, just incest? Like, um, it was incest, but she got raped by like by the brother. And that's the part I was on. Like at first, like like she she oh, was acting. I like, could have sworn it was consensual. No, are you talking about he, Cersei and? No, I'm not there. Oh, who are you talking Jay, about? Uh, what the fuck is uh, the? When the, uh, the had the son that technically wasn't the heir to the throne, the brother got his arm John cut off. Snow. Oh, wait. The one that got his arm cut off. 
Oh man, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm like, I must have blocked that out of my mind. There's so you many characters. Know. She's the queen still. I remember her her son was killed and poisoned. Oh yeah, Cersei. That's that's Cersei. Oh, I'm thinking. You know what I was thinking that you were saying that the, the daughter of another person. Yes, and her right, and he raped her. He uh, did. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. All I remember it is was, them having sex consensually all the time. Yeah, it was disgusting. Anywho, nonetheless, it was okay. It was just. It was just like. How can you really listen to people that just couldn't even take the criticism of how they were um, showcasing rape on their own show? So, oh yeah, they didn't care. They just yeah, kept doing they what didn't. They wanted. But it seems like they've definitely dialed down the like sexual abuse on the show so far. Yeah, but okay, we'll see. I'm uh, never watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's just a lot. I, I tried it, it and I was moving. I am it. still in it. Yeah, I'm still on my insecure kick right now. Thank so. you. Yes, and I don't I'm watching that too. I missed, I missed this last week, uh, this past episode. So, um, on to the last um, story, uh, pop culture things, and this is I just pulled up a new one, um, Tiani, just to kind of give some backstory to mm-hmm. it. So, um, jokes about Janet Mock, who's a transgender woman, um, killing trans woman ignite Breakfast Club um, boycott. Breakfast Club, for those that may not know, is um, a morning show on Power 105.1 in New York City. It features Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God, and DJ Envy. And um, they had comedian Little Duval on. Last week they had Janet Mock on. And this, uh, this week they had... Um, Little Duval on and DJ Envy asked Little Duval what would he do if he found out that a woman he was dating had been born a man and he didn't dance around it Little Duval said I would murder that woman oh my God. and he said this is what he said quote um, this is from the griot this might sound messed up and I don't care but she's dying I don't care uh, if one did that to me and didn't tell me I'd probably be so mad I'd kill them and that's why a whole bunch of trans women die every day yeah, so DJ Envy said, uh, well, DJ Envy then held up a book by the by trans author and activist Janet Mock, laughing as Duval continued on with jokes against the transgender community. While Charlemagne, the guy, did laugh, he insisted that Mock was pretty. So it actually got worse because, um, you know, like I said, Janet Mock was on the show a week prior. Transgender actress and activist Laverne Cox said she got teary. She, her quote was, I just got teary thinking about all my sisters experiencing violence, beaten, mm-hmm. rape, murders, and, and some. But the issue was, if you, I'm going to read Little Duval's comments, but that's where he took it over the top. Um, so he put this on Instagram. Was this Instagram or Twitter? This was Twitter. No, this is comments on Instagram. So let me ask you slow-ass transgender niggas something Y'all really think if you don't tell a man you used to be a man, it's, it's going to be no repercussion to it? Yeah, okay. If you can see why somebody would kill someone that raped them, and these are from his words. That raped them. R- grammatically incorrect. You should understand how a straight man feels. Matter of fact, I ain't going back and forth with you confused nigga bitches. Oh, God. So he was just ready to be ignorant altogether. And then, uh, and then there was a comment. I think this could have been Twitter. He put, I heard the transgender niggas mad at me the emoji like this, like with your, both your hands up. Like, I don't like what, like, I don't care. So I think it's just, I think it's, I think it's reckless. I think it's unfair. And I think, um, th- this is the thing. And I, and, and I think I always see with men and, and Thomas, I want you to chime in. Men are so, uh, most men, especially men of color are get very bent out of shape when it comes to anything homophobic. Mm-hmm. And, the fact that I think uh, th- part of me always feels like straight men go off when they feel like they're being 
um, approached because mm-hmm. I think you just don't know how you would actually respond. What if you were in a room, you know, people are freaking, what if you were in a room, bandana over your eyes and you were getting head and you found out that was a man? Do you think the judgment of being called gay or even being looked at as gay or you even starting to question yourself is what hangs over a lot of men's heads? Because that's what I feel like it is most of the time. Because women can experiment with women and they go about it, they talk about it, and it's not mm-hmm. a problem. Like they're not, they're open about it, but they don't consider themselves to be that. It's just something they experimented with. Yeah, I just think when you don't understand something, you automatically look at it as something that's negative. So if I don't, if I don't understand why a transgender, you know, is going through whatever process, whatever mindset they're going through, automatically I'm like, I would never, that would never work for me. Um, but I'm definitely, I'm totally different when it comes to this. I think if I was dating someone and I found out they were transgender, I'm, me personally, I wouldn't go off on them. I would, I would try to, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be interested in dating someone like that. But at the same time, I would respectfully have a conversation with them about it. Yeah, like why so does like, it have to be like straight like murder? Right, like, why does it go like, that it's, far? It's whole, why are you so it's angry? Like a fear of something. Well, you I know? think the the thing too is we 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 have like we have egos. We especially when it comes to like these celebrities, like they people look at them a certain way, so they're like, oh, I can't be looked at this way. I can tell you straight up as as a straight male. If I found found out, I would I would have a conversation, and who knows what may happen? Like honestly, who knows? Well, maybe I don't know. I'm not in that situation, um, but just having the respect for the person that that you're dating or that you're talking to, um, but that goes that that leads to a bigger picture of we really don't respect the people in some in some cases that we date or that we that we're intimate with, um, and I can talk about that all day. Oh well, that's part of our reasons why, but but we'll get into that after. Yeah, you but, give yeah, I'm just like. Lil Duval, I mean, he's on the shorter side. I don't know if he has some kind of complex. Right. Um, but like, why? Like, why is he so? Why is he so upset about it? Yeah. Like, why does it go straight to like I would kill that person? Like, it's not even like it's never okay. But I'm saying it's not even the experience he's necessarily had that he's got to be so angry that he want to murder somebody. And also, um, there was this quote that's kind of relevant to this. Um, I might butcher it a little bit, but a woman like wrote a tweet saying like men are afraid to go to jail for the same reasons why women are afraid to just walk the streets, which is being hit on by a man. And literally, this is what we do every day, day. walk down the street and get hit on by a man. And we're scared to go out and walk around, but they're afraid to go to jail because they think they're going to be hit on by another man. And it's just like think about that real quick like 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 they're so fearful of like all these things that they do to women all the time and i think i don't know like men are very fragile i think they're definitely more fragile than fragility is it is that what they call it right yeah fragility of uh masculine wait what is the term because i've always wanted to talk about this with guys is it male fragility is it is male fragility or the no the masculine masculinity the fragility of masculinity it's something like yeah it is yeah Okay. <laughs> no, but you can talk about why men are so like afraid to have their masculinity can challenged. We actually, let's let's go into reasons why we drink because I think okay. this might be a better one to talk about. I was gonna say that this is not fair. Like I'm one man, and uh, I, no, we, we always have wise talk why, if you we'll when it comes to all the men in the world. I'm no, gonna, hold I'm, on, let's get go. Like, we gonna, are you, don't feel like you're alone in this. Okay. Sorry, so now, Be so honest. now it's Thomas, our engineer, wise Tiani and Georgette talking about um, what did we just what did we just call it? 
fragility. It's male fragility, um, yeah, like but they're just like, like afraid to have their masculinity challenged. Like, yeah, just I'm like when it comes to all of that. I, I, Thomas, you're the guest, so we gotta start with you first because I'm just I'm curious on the things that men are are quote unquote up against and and where it becomes a double standard against what women deal with. Like there's a lot of things that black men. Let's let's start there. Appreciate that. Let me start there. Black men have a lot more to carry and a lot more to deal with. And so on a smaller level, right, on a basic level, if I was dating you, Thomas, and I know what when you go out there, you're getting beat up in the media, you're getting beat up at work, you're just, you're the, you, you might not come home to me. And then the last thing you need when you come in is uh, like just any more like roughing up from the woman that is supposed to see you at your worst all this other stuff. Like I said, like that's kind of like bare bones. But but then there's other things that really kind of come into play, right? Like where we were talking about the 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 uh, of homophobia and even some of the comments that Lil Duval made. But even it goes even bigger than that because men are also taught in a strange way that they can't be emotional or as emotional or show their emotions or express yeah. their emotions. And it's just like I think that's actually I think that's what's making men feel like they have to have this false sense of masculinity because they're not able to express themselves because of judgment. But anywho, I'm just throwing things out there. Let's let's fucking yeah. talk about it. So I, I think very, very simply, it's definitely upbringing. It's definitely what you see in your communities. Is that like, I actually just spoke to one of my friends about something similar. Um, and it was essentially along the lines of finding out that he was he was talking to, talking to a transgender woman. woman. Yeah. Interesting. And he And he was saying that it, it's just not something that's he's, he's he's West Indian. He's like it's not something in my culture. Like if, if my family found out or somebody found out, like it'd be a problem. But and what was it for him though? Like bump him, his family. I, I I don't know personally. Uh, like we we, we didn't get that deep into it. But it was it was interesting to, to me because sometimes when you think about it, growing up and as I, I can speak from my household and, and live with my dad. My dad was an iron horse. Like he's an iron horse. He's 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 the breadwinner. He comes home. You know he, he did it. He, he literally went to work and he came home and he went back to work. Um, and if I ever thought to do something that was, you know, quote unquote, not the norm, I could see my dad being uncomfortable with it. And a lot of people have that in their communities and their families. But out the norm, like, so there's a level of, there's a societal expectation for how men, air quotes, are supposed to act. So what was the norm? Uh, I think it's big. Well, it's it's different now because you have social media. You have mm -hmm. you have all these things that that have labels. Everything's labeled. Like yeah. there's a label for every single thing. So, you know, back in those days, and and obviously I'm I'm 30 years old, so I'm I'm talking like it's I was born in the 70s. Right. But I'm pretty sure back in those days, a lot of things that happened was they were secretive. They people didn't know. Um, there there were things that were happening that people really didn't share with their with their families or with their partners. Mm -hmm. And now everything's out there because everything has a label because people are more comfortable with sharing that information. Um, so I'm just I'm just thinking about it like if I was if if I were in those times. A lot of things that are happening on the back end, even with comments like that are being made on the radio, those 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 comments are still being were still talked about, but people just didn't know about it because it wasn't out there in, in media. What do you mean, like as far as like some of the stuff that little Duval like, said? Yeah, yeah got some, it. Yeah, things like that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wise, what are your thoughts and just experiences from your own personal experiences and people that you know, guy friends? I would just kind of just this is like a rhetorical question, but what is masculinity like what is that definition right because people make the statement like you know that's not what a man's supposed to act like or be like but who is the who's the person that defined what a man's supposed to act like or be like you understand mm -hmm. so people don't grasp that and they make these like open blind statements and it kind of ends up just being the blind leading the blind essentially so um 
when it comes down to things like being masculine or being like uh, strong or, or being a man, yeah, being a man or being Quotation. the breadwinner, like it's just kind of it's associated with being. Uh, uh, how would I explain it? I guess just strong in general, you know, um, whether that has to be strong for your family, strong for your friends, strong for anything. You don't get an opportunity to necessarily show your emotions because that's not how you were taught, you know? Like you mentioned, you know, men were kind of like taught necessarily to like hide their emotions. And as we've you know, um, grown older and um, our generation specifically, like millennials, we've had the opportunity to kind of like um, express ourselves and share our thoughts through social media amongst our friends and then we get to see that okay some of some of the the behavior that we have is um troubling or questionable but we get to discuss that whereas in the past um as thomas had mentioned people didn't have the opportunity to actually like express themselves or or even like have that debate because you were only communicating with people who were within like your proximity you know, whether it's people you saw at work or people that you lived around, but never, you know, the, the fact of me picking up my phone right now and talking to someone from California and London at the same time, or them even seeing like thoughts that I have uh, on my on my timeline, I just didn't, it just didn't happen. Yeah. Think about breakthroughs too, right? So like people, throughout history, people have done things that, that they like they, they broke the norm or they done, that, that one person did this thing and now everybody's like, I can live now. I'm free. I can come right, out. Right, can right, right, right. Like so, those, those, and I don't, I don't have specific examples, but just thinking about it, like when it when it comes to, you know, slavery, when it comes to like different things like that, when, when these things happen, now it opens up people's eyes, and they're like, oh, we actually, we actually mean more. There's actually like there's actually more that we can accomplish, or uh, it's okay for me to come out. It's okay for me to say these things because that one person finally took the chance to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I also looked at the definition of masculine. Just to, yeah, yeah, please yeah, read it. Um, and the definition, which is which is there's a there's a part in it that um, <laughs> um, that I find very funny. But it says having qualities or appearance traditionally associated with men, especially strength and aggressiveness. Mm. Interesting. When when I hear traditionally, I'm like, exact. That's exactly what it traditional. is. Traditional. Right? Who who came up with this? Like to your point, right? When. When in history was it like, yo, masculine is gonna be strong? It's yep. gonna be right. Like when it when who came up with that? Right. Like whoever that person Since is, I guarantee that person had thoughts in their head where they were doing they were doing something behind somebody's back mm-hmm. or something. They weren't they weren't this perfect strong person. Yeah. Um, and I also think when it comes to like mental health, it, the reason we don't share things and the reason we don't tell people things and and it's big with day why you wait. Um, is because sometimes we're embarrassed, right? But we don't understand that everybody has similar stories. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you share what's going on with yourself or share what's going on in your lives or with your families, there may be somebody in your circle who's going through the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to share it word for word, but just put it out there into your into your, your community. You'd be surprised how, how much support you can get and how many people are going through the same exact thing. It's interesting because one of the quotes that I or uh, statements that I stay away from now that I didn't really realize how damaging it can be is telling a man to man up. Yeah. Um, and I have remember putting that on. I remember reading it on Twitter, and I remember um, I follow some amazing people, but it was just saying that one of the most dangerous things that you can say to a man is telling him to man up, right? So if a man is crying on your shoulder or he's being emotional, and you tell him to man up, and I think we are no better in helping men be these in, in the positions that they're in, and some of the, as a, some of us, some of us women are not 
helpful in, in how we treat some of the men that we date or we're with. Yeah, because sometimes you look down on like, space. oh, he's so sensitive. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, don't, we don't allow them a safe yeah. space. And the one thing anyone can say about me, like, listen, I could be an asshole all day, every day, but the one thing that I am very mindful of and I have always been like this is allowing a safe space for whoever I'm with to feel like they can open up, they can cry, they can do whatever, they can be who they need to be when they feel like, they they don't want to be on all the time and i've i've dated somebody that has cried and i thought their crying was laughter at one point until i saw tears come out of his eyes mm, wow. and so i remember wiping his tears from his face and it was just one of those things like you know we're still cool now but he's in a better place and you know when men get back to where they're making their money shit ain't bothering y'all like y'all living life but that was the one moment i will never forget that he felt that he could be that open with me and i don't I don't. I can't see him ever getting to that place or allowing him to get to that place with other people, um, just because it's it, it it it's a lot. Like there must have been layers and layers of shit that he's dealt with to even let stuff like that bubble up. But I think you know. I think uh, I think there, it's a combination of media. I think it's a combination of upbringing. I think it's a combination of, of of the people that people are interacting with intimately that are not helping either. Because women, for a, a woman to tell a man like man up, like. In yeah. your mind, you're also looking at whatever the traditional roles are supposed to be. But I think the men that don't express themselves, I think, is also what's damaging and how we kind of are in this fucking, you know, I mean, imagine circle. you in your most Hamster vulnerable wheel. situation around someone who you truly feel like you can share this with. And the only response that they have is man up. I would be so You're crying? Mad. What's wrong with you? I would be you? so mad. Has that ever oh happened to God. you all? Absolutely. It has. Absolutely. That's horrible. And what was the response from you in that moment? You know me very well, so you know my. I was. I was. I. I definitely like escalated that the situation <laughs> and to turn on turn on the person. Um, I'm I'm the type of type of guy, and I and I'll, I'll quickly share a story. So I went to a wedding this weekend, and my ex girlfriend was at the wedding, and who? You know, yeah, what was at the my wedding? Ex girlfriend. Okay. Ex girlfriend of five years. She was at the wedding, and she was there with a couple. <laughs> Couple of friends, right? Yeah. So I haven't five seen her. years. I haven't talked to her in like we haven't talked for a couple of years, but she was there, so we talked for a sec. And I guess the friends she was with, some of the friends she was with, they don't really like me because when we were together, when we had problems, she might have went to them and shared some 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 of those one problems. side of the story. Yeah. So uh, so I was the MC at the wedding. Mm. I was the MC. I, I found out the day of, and during the wedding, uh, one of my, my my boy that was getting married, he or during the reception, he said to me, "Hey, don't forget to to say this one thing." And when I went to say it, I, I stumbled. And one of her girlfriends yelled out. She was like, that's your fucking problem. You always mess shit up. That's literally what she yelled out. And I'm, I'm on a stage. Wow. So, so what I did is I, I turned up the mic and I walked over to her and I said, I understand that we went on the same page. I understand you, you may not like me. But don't, don't fuck with me. I'm not the one. And, and, and I went on with my day. But that was a level of disrespect that, didn't, that was unnecessary. Yeah. And yeah. Despite, yeah. But the reason I'm bringing that up is because it, when I shared it later on with some of the other people that were around me, they were like, a lot of people like, don't let that get under your skin. But a couple of people were like, yo, you just, just man up. Don't let that, like, don't let that get to you. And, and I was like, that should man, get to anybody. If you're man, like in the middle of like yeah, being like, in public like, and man, somebody like, just man up. You down. Yeah. Like and what? What? <laughs> so now I, I realize too, sometimes people don't, the gravity is something that bothers you. It doesn't bother everybody. Correct, so correct. You, you, you can't always take it take it personal because sometimes, like certain things that are, that certain trigger words, like, like you said, being a black man in New York City, certain things that people say to me, I'll be looking at them like, are you serious? But they may be from Kansas and they're black from Kansas, but yeah. they, they don't go through the similar things that I've gone through. So I got to catch myself and be like, 
damn, they don't know. But then there's an opportunity for me to educate them and be like, mm. you don't know, but let me tell you about this. Yes, I love the opportunity to educate them. Yeah, it's crazy that you said that because I was thinking about that today. I've lived in a lot of different places and experienced black culture um, in different areas of this country and different areas of the world. And I know that people say things to me and may not mean it a certain way, but I hear it and, I'm, and I just think back to where yeah. I was when I first and when I didn't like it. And I'm like, but damn, they don't have that same experience as me. So I can't, but I was wild disrespectful. I would have been tight. I would have been. Well, I think, it, but it goes back to the whole point of like, why do we have to tear you down publicly like that? Like, I'm I, listen, like, I've done it too. I've yeah. argued and be like, fuck you, but like, because I was trying to make a show, but that. But as I got older, I was just like, that does nothing. She could have put me to the side. She could have said, hey, you know. But we didn't want to. We wanted to embarrass you, exactly. essentially. You yeah. know? And, 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 and But that's troublesome. Where is that coming from? You know? Um, and someone, someone like Lil Duval, who probably, like I said, has some sort of a complex. He um, He couldn't. <laughs> like, imagine if he had been like, oh, like, in his mind. If he had said, like, oh, yeah, Janet Vonk's a really good-looking uh, woman. Like, I would totally, like... Uh, I don't know how many men would probably come for him if he actually said like he'd be into it, it'd be cool. But see, like but so he felt like he had to take yeah, it to the extreme, extreme of like just to let you definitely know that but I would to never do this. Man, I'm going you know, to. Course, I, mean, I would I, kill I, I that person. Yeah, I just think it was uh, it was over the top. Oh of yeah, that of course it was over the top. But sometimes just, being masculine for a lot of men is being over the top. So let, let, let's make it like very simply. Mm-hmm. Having confidence in who you are is huge. Mm-hmm. If you if you believe in something. Stick to your beliefs. I think there's ways to to let that be known. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I don't want to run with Trevor Noah, but that's what that's what got <laughs> me. That's what got me with Trevor Noah. Like he he, the way he articulated how he feels about specific things that are going on, I think is huge. And it doesn't matter if you have, you know, thirty million people that follow you or five people in your circle you share these stories with. It's all about how confident you are about. Yo, this is where I stand. Mm-hmm. Because when because when the shit hits the fan and. Then people be like, yo, he was consistent. This, he consistently said this is how I felt. Um, the thing about Charlemagne that kills me is that he's, he's inconsistent. Some days he, he'll say a specific thing and it's That's funny true. and it's like, oh, this is cool. And then other days he's serious and he's like, yo, I, I don't mess around that way. So he, he, when I listen to uh, The Breakfast Club, I know what I'm getting myself into. So it doesn't really phase me. Whereas other people, they may be listening to it for the first time. They don't really know the crew like that. Um, and it goes back to you know understanding and educating yourself. Like this, These are the facts. Um, so yeah, just just understanding that is is big and being confident and like yo, this is what I believe in. You know, I don't have to say fuck the world for me to believe in something. If I don't believe in abortion, I don't have to be like fuck everybody. Like I don't I don't have to be that guy. I can I can literally have an educated conversation with someone. But it's just how I say it. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, I think this is a conversation that we should definitely have um, an ongoing and maybe even like you know, like a live forum aspect venting and being a podcast yeah um okay so we're gonna end it off on the lighter notes with our mood um i don't know what my mood is so i'm gonna give it to somebody else that's a lie because last week that was you what's your mood girl oh yeah but that was like the first time in history (laughs) that i didn't have a mood um my mood is that um i feel like this is always my mood is movie related but there's a lot of good movies out i feel almost overwhelmed now because all at once are coming out okay yeah um well you know this detroit's coming out um well girls trips out i want to see atomic blonde i, I actually want to see that too. the apes I, I still haven't see seen that. that yet, but I'm not sure if I want to. What planet are they? Um, I don't want to see that. And then I heard that Annabelle 2 might be good. 
so I kind of want to see really that. I didn't see the first one. I was just like, oh. Annabelle, the first one was crap, but like what? this one seems like you like the first so Annabelle. Bad. Yo, I like I like scary movie or thrillers now. So I thought Annabelle was pretty decent. Yeah, I'm good. But like, there's a lot coming out, so I'm excited because you know before I was upset because it was like one movie that was out. There's like nothing going on, but mm-hmm. no, it's coming back. It's coming Thomas, back. what about you? What about me? What, what, what? Mood. What's your, your mood? mood? What, what are you feeling? I'm blessed. I'm always blessed. You know I am. I do. I'm, I'm thankful. I, you know, I, things could always be worse. Okay. And I'm in a situation where things are great. So, AYU8 is booming. Yes. I'm on this podcast with, with you guys. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful, blessed, all that good stuff. Um, What is my mood? You no, know, I, 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 I echo similar sentiments. I've just, ever since I came back from Cuba, um, it's just been kind of coasting and really focusing and honing in on things that I want to do. I've been taking up more projects and really wanting to get um, my producer arm in there. So touching another podcast with someone else, helping them produce that and, you know, co-producing the film, um, the short film that we were raising money for, and then even dabbling with another friend that's writing scripts and then my own personal project. So I'm excited for a lot of things that I'm working on, but just also just taking it in stride and not stressing out and just trusting everything's going to happen the way it needs to happen and in the order it's supposed to happen with all needs met. I sound like my spiritual service. Um, but that's how I really feel. So why, since you're on the mic, hit us with your mood real quick. Um, I'm excited because I'm starting to become more comfortable in who I am and oh, nice. where I am in my life now. I'm going on a family trip this weekend. Nice. It's like 14 of us riding down to Virginia to some That's water nice. park. What part in Virginia? Hell if I know. <laughs> I'm, about to be in the, I'm about to be in the backseat sleep or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But um, I'm excited for that. And my birthday's in two weeks. So When's your birthday? I'm, August the 9th. So. August 16th. Yes, Leo season. Leo season. Don't you Leo ever hit. forget that hashtag. Y'all can't see it. Oh, God. I'm going to throw a lion. <laughs> <laughs> Leos are so extra. Exactly. You like the what? The MGM <laughs> lion roar? Leos are so extra. Um, so, Thomas, hit us with your social media yeah. so that how they can find you and what you have coming up. That oh, event. There's so much. There's so much. Other, well, when, when does this come out? I want to make sure. Wednesday. Uh, so my event, so I have an event coming up on August 5th. Um, I'm doing a collaboration with Fuji. And basically what I did is a photo walk with a really dope photographer. We went, we just took shots of people on the street and we're going to blow up those photos and basically let, let them tell a story of why they took the photo or what they were doing that day, a little bit about themselves. Um, so I'm sad I missed that fucking walk. Like what, you didn't, you couldn't. No, 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 no. It, was, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> something that you could come to. We literally like. It was just us two, and we just walking around the city taking photos of people. And it was really dope. It actually, like, I think it's going to be something that we do. I love it. Type of series out of. Um, but if people want to, you know, stay in contact with me, everything is under Date While You Wait. Um, so on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, the difference with Twitter is since tw- Twitter has uh, cat- cat- character, character limits. limits, it's Date While the letter U Wait rather than U spelled out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and soon we're going to be doing some updates to the website. So I'll, I'll be doing date while you wait more often. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to have a calendar which is you'll, you'll see the dates months in advance. So um, I'm really wow. excited to be back in the subway and connect with people. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's just so funny. I'm really back to be in the subway. Like not back in like a building. Yeah. Like, I love it. That's what I do. I love it. That's I love awesome. it. Um, and you can find um, us on at gmail ventingandvino at gmail.com twitter facebook ventingvinopod and you can find me georgette on twitter with my first name just georgette or instagram georgette pierre 
And again, shout out to Jonathan and Lydia. I just have to give them another shout out. That was so dope. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tianiwa and Twitter at Tianiwar. Okay, wise, go ahead. Just say your shit too. Sorry. Why not? Why you not? Could, you can find me on all social media at the real wise with a Z. Um, and you can follow my um, company, Indie Creative Network. Um, you can go to our website, ICN.DJ. Um, it's the same ICNDJ for Instagram and Indie Creative NW on Twitter. I love it. All right, we're out of here. Peace. Thomas, thank you again thank for, you. for coming through and, oh, and kicking it with us. Where else would I be right now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>